What's up, witches? Hi, I'm Claudia. And I'm Jess. And welcome to True Crime Coven. Ghost stories. Spirits with spirits this week. Cheers. Cheers. We're going to be having a bit of a tipple and telling some spooky stories from listeners. Or in this case, because it's episode two, let's be honest here, people we know. But we have come up with some true ghost stories from some people we know. Some we actually don't know. Some actually we don't know. All the stories people have sent in, I have rewritten some of them slightly just to make them easier for me to read. When we do crime cases, it'll be myself, Claudia, giving you the story, giving you the victim's story, Mm. the case. But when we do ghost stories, it's going to be your girl Jess. Yeah, I'm going to take over for the ghost stories. Would you like to regale us with some spooky, scary skeletons? Always, always, always. Our first story is from someone called Sarah. And I'm just going to read this as she has typed it because she's actually typed it lovely. (laughs) My name's Sarah and I've worked at various historic houses and therefore have had my fair share of spooky scares. I mostly think it's my brain overthinking things because the mind can play tricks, especially when locked up in a dark Elizabethan manner in the early hours. But there's one particular time that will always stay with me. Myself and a colleague were walking up the staircase of a castle we worked at and both stopped when we thought we saw someone walking along the corridor below. We walked back down to see if it was the cleaner, but there was absolutely no one around. I can usually talk myself out of these things. It was just the light, or I'm just seeing things. But when it's both of you that sees the same thing, it gets a little bit freaky. That particular staircase caught people a few times. I don't like to think of a spirit being stuck down there. Others would often see the window shutters moving rather aggressively on the top floor from outside. The top floor was almost like the out-of-bounds west wing, and I always felt uneasy going up there. In fact, to get to that tower, there was a folk tale that you had to knock on the door twice before going up in order to give the ghost time to hide and get out of the way. Whether the people who worked there believed in ghosts or not, every single one of them knocked. We have ghost nights at the house I work at now, and I always try and link what they find out to the information in the archive. Of course, historic houses bring out all these old tales with all the generations of history and deaths. They're bound to attract some spooky stories. Anyway, it's not the most dramatic of stories, but I certainly have had the hairs on the back of my neck raised a few times. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good story. I definitely think I would hate to be stuck. Yeah. yeah stuck anywhere and also in that situation even if you aren't the biggest believer in ghosts if there's two of you that are seeing the same thing you're yeah. not just questioning your own mind then you're like actually it's not like me being like oh yeah that was just the light flickering or it's like oh no you saw that too right yeah yeah this next story i'm just gonna read start to finish Hello, my name is Silver and I saw your posts asking for paranormal stories and I have one I'd like to share. When I was a kid, and still now, I suffered from sleep paralysis. I used to think this reoccurring event was an episode of sleep paralysis, but this was a separate event altogether and this was different. 
In these scenarios, I would wake up in the dead of night with an immense pressure around my throat as if I was being strangled. My eyes always refused to fully open and a grey figure would be standing over me. If I had to describe the appearance of this humanoid, the closest thing I would say would be the woman in black. It was tall, lean and dark with massive eyes and an overall shadowy presence. And I would also use quotations for humanoids because in all honesty, it seemed more alien to me. Usually, when I have previously experienced sleep paralysis, I have been unable to move my arms, which makes this instant all the more strange. I would always try and reach for the hands wrapping around my throat, but to no avail. On multiple occasions, I would attempt to throw something at this figure, but again, my efforts were futile. These events only lasted a few minutes, but to me they felt long and agonising. Some of these instances were so intense I would pass out, but on the rare occasion when I didn't, I was too afraid to do anything. Once these episodes passed, and I was able to move again and breathe again, I would yank the covers over me and I would refuse to come out until dawn. In the morning, when I braved looking, whatever I had thrown during the night was waiting for me on the other side of the room so I knew it was more than just a regular nightmare. After a few of these events, I noticed a correlation, albeit a minor one, that these events only took place when I wasn't covered by blankets or some sort of comforter. Obviously, I began sleeping head to toe in blankets, whether it was hot or cold. Some nights it was hard to breathe under the blankets, but it was worth it because it worked and I was no longer exposed. All of this happened when I was young and impressionable, And as I got older, I realised I suffered from sleep paralysis. Even looking back on it, I realised my sleep paralysis, although still terrifying at times, is still a completely separate and different to all of these events. And these experiences still haunt me today. They haven't happened in years, so I figured whatever it was, be it age or something more, it had passed. However, a couple of years on, I learned that the house that I grew up in was built in the 60s and had a long tragic history. One of the previous tenants, who was a miner, had died in my room after years of black mould inhalation. To validate my own brain, my dad has accounts of hearing music come from the attic at 2 in the morning, but as soon as he goes in to check, the music stops. Flash forward to the present, and I'm a functioning human, moved away from home, but whenever I visit my parents, I refuse to sleep in my old bedroom and I would rather sleep on the couch. And that is the end of the story and I would be yeah. I don't think I'd even visit. This I'd be like, you same. come to me. You, 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 you come here. I've got a friend who suffers from sleep paralysis mm. and she says she often hallucinates something in her room. At least that's what she tells herself, that it's hallucinations and it's something in her room. I mean, there is the whole old hag that people yeah. often get. yeah. The thing with hers is kind of the same as this. She gets it more in her parents' house. Could that be her regressing back to, like, a childhood environment? I would also wonder, like, okay, I'm a massive believer, but I credit myself as a scientist. Yeah, you want to be realistic um, about... Yeah. yeah, I'm a massive believer. Always yeah. am. But I would also wonder if there's any lingering black mould. I mean, like, one would assume not because that would show up in other ways other than just this. I mean... Just hallucination. But then how do you explain the music thing? I mean, yeah. yeah, okay, you could explain it as auditory hallucinations, I guess. 
there's still a difference between like one person in your house hallucinating and then multiple occurrences yeah and it's always i mean i get it probably is a rooted childhood trauma because it's the same hallucination in Mm. the same room all the time and this person is obviously whether it be sleep paralysis or whether it be a haunting is still obviously very very scarred from this oh like, yeah I, they can't sleep without blankets on themselves i am so happy that i don't suffer with sleep mm. paralysis oh my god yeah it's I, terrifying i yeah i i'm so happy that the only time i've ever so i have had a few ghostly experiences that i'll probably mm. speak about at some point yeah but one time i had really bad migraine and I woke up and I thought there was a ghost at the end of my bed. Yeah. But I had such a bad migraine that I was like, nope, not having it. I kicked it and went back to sleep. <laughs> I was like, nope. I don't suffer from sleep paralysis, but I do get weird dreams and I do suffer from reoccurring dreams. You get cheese dreams. I do get cheese dreams if I eat too much cheese. As an experiment for this podcast, I will eat a load of cheese and I will write down my dreams. Are you ready for story number three? This story was sent in by Megan, so thank you for your story, Megan. You asked for true ghost stories, and I have one that still haunts me to this day. I was walking home from the shop, and I had to walk through a graveyard. I know, that is a rookie mistake. But it was broad daylight, and usually the graveyard is quite busy, and it's got dog walkers and everything in there. This graveyard has a section of those from the war, and those who have died from disease, and then another section from the 1700s and onwards. Anyway, I was walking past one of the chapels that is currently being used for storage and I heard a rustling sound come from behind the chapel. I didn't stop to look because, I mean, who would? So I just carried on walking. Next thing I knew, I saw a lady in Victorian clothing, a bright pink dress with a large petticoat, one of those that makes a woman's bum look massive and she was walking with an umbrella almost like a walking stick she had a bonnet on and blonde hair and she was definitely not solid she was like a haze but full of color she didn't stop she just walked right past the chapel in front of me so i quickly ran over to check but there was no one there this all happened in the summer of 2016 and if that means nothing to you it was a massive heat wave with the highest temperatures of around 32 degrees But as I walked closer to the chapel to check it out, it became freezing cold. It's safe to say that this completely freaked me out and I've never found an explanation to this. And to this day, I've not set foot in that graveyard. I will forever now take the long way around to and from the shop. I actually really like graveyards, which is weird because growing up, I did not. Mm. I was really scared of them. In fact, my favourite place in Bristol is a graveyard. I personally find graveyards really calming places. Yeah. I think it's because they're not as busy, but like she says, it's got. I think if I saw something as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've never had an issue with graveyards, but then also my primary and my secondary school was right next to a graveyard. Okay. So I had to walk past it every single day. But actually, my hairdresser one side of her house backs onto the graveyard but she's got a really really long thin garden and that whole side of her garden runs parallel to where all the children's graves are Mm. which is really sad but she doesn't mind it but she says she's had a few instances where she's thought she's packed toys away and she's Mm. pretty certain and she was like and then she's come down the next day and there's been loads of toys out and she's like only ever happens with the kids stuff 
Yeah. It doesn't happen with anything else. See, and that's the thing. People think up ghosts so often. They're so scared of them. Partly because it's the unknown. Hmm. But also because, you know, it's horror films. I honestly believe that it's not the dead you have to fear. It's the living. Oh, my God. Um, And just like you get some dickheads that are alive, you probably get some dickheads that are dead. Oh, my God. And just because you die doesn't mean that you're no longer a dickhead. But I honestly think nine times out of ten, especially if you're a child who died, you just want to play with some toys. Our fourth and final story was sent in from Buddy. Thank you for your story. When I was about 13 years old, my stepmum's mum, so technically my step-grandmother, sadly passed away. I never met her, but after she died, my stepmum had to sort through her possessions and she started bringing some of them into our house. Amongst these possessions, there was a mobile phone that hadn't been turned on in over two years. It was one of those shitty Nokias that had snake on it and no camera. A week or so later, that same phone rings at about one o'clock in the morning. Obviously, this took us all by surprise, so my stepmom went to check it out. But as she entered the room, the ringing stopped. She picked up the phone and tried to turn it on, but the battery was completely dead. As I said, it hadn't been turned on for two years. A few more days passed and I was getting an increasing feeling that there was someone else in the house with us. You know that feeling like you're being watched or you just aren't quite alone. This feeling would keep me up at night and I would often feel like someone would walk past me and brush against me or someone would be leaning over me. You know like when you can feel them almost breathing down your neck. Every time I experienced this, I always felt really, really cold, even on the hottest days. I could literally go from sweating to having a chill down my spine. It got so bad that I couldn't sleep in my own room and I had to sleep on the floor of my parents' bedroom just to feel safe. I never got an explanation for these feelings. Was there something else there? Was it my stepmom's mum? Or was it just all in my head? But whatever I felt, how can you explain everyone in my house hearing that phone ring that night? Yeah, I can't. I can't explain that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone knows what we mean when we say that shit Nokia that's got snake on it. It's yeah. got no camera. And we all know they the are. The bricks. Yeah, and we all know they are indestructible. Oh, but yeah. they don't just ring. No. And um, then for it to stop. And, like, just not work. Yeah, and I mean, like, she was 13 years old in this story. And her stepmom was there, who was obviously an adult for a kid and an adult. And I'm presuming, like, obviously her dad must have been Mm. there, potentially other siblings. And for them all to hear that ringing, that's not just a little kid being like, oh, there's a ringing. I think we all know that feeling as well of, like, being watched and someone, like, breathing down Mm. your neck. Like, it's such a distinct feeling. And they say as well, like, we all talk about those five senses, but they say there's actually way more senses. Oh, my God, definitely. No, 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 but I don't even mean, like, six senses. I'm going to do an exercise now, children. <laughs> if you all close your eyes and touch your nose, the fact that we can all just do it straight yeah. away and find it, that's a sense in itself. The fact that we can... What's that, your proprioception? I can't... Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. But yeah, no, and that's why... I, I've got... I've, I have got a degree. True. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I am good at some things. Some things. Not many, but some. But yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. So it's like that other sense of we all know when someone's behind us, it's literally... It's not even having a sixth sense. It's literally it's, a sense that we have. Because... It's also like a survival thing as well. Do you know well, what yeah. I mean? Like, if, if you're like, if someone's behind me, someone's know. chasing me. Well, yeah, not being yeah. funny, but if our 
caveman ancestors didn't know that someone was behind them, they then they die. were the one that died and then didn't procreate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I- also, like, whether you believe in ghosts or just ghosts. you know that humans are shit, we've all had that where you're walking home mm. and you feel like someone is no, walking legit. behind you. I was, um, when I was walking to Tesco, actually, I was literally walking along and there was someone, like, really close behind me. And, and obviously, we all know that women at the moment, we don't feel particularly safe. And I was not looking back because I felt like they were so close that I couldn't look back. Yeah. But I was so aware they were there. Had I been walking along a quiet street, I would have absolutely looked back across the road or something. But because yeah. I was coming up to where I live, you've got, like, a takeaway, a restaurant, and then Tesco, and on the other side, you've got, like, a pub a pub garden. I was like, yeah. whatever, this, whatever this person thinks they're about to try and do... People I'm, are going to see. Someone's going to hear or see. Yeah, and then they did just go off and they're obviously just like impatient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you but knew, I knew they, they were there. there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't just the noise. I could physically feel the closeness of a, yeah. of a human. And you get the feeling of like the hairs physically standing up on the back of your neck. Yeah, and it's Everyone's not always a paranormal thing. Sometimes it's literally a... It's a it, it's, it sort of keeps you safe. Oh, yeah. I think so much we like to pretend that we're... And, as, as we say, we're, we're humans of science. We like to sit here and pretend that like we're humans, we're so sophisticated. <laughs> but then, day we we're all just cavemen hugging our way out oh, of the cave. Yeah. <laughs> like one of my best friends lives in a cul-de-sac. She has lived there her entire life, and I've been dropping her home since I learned to drive. And every single time, I still wait for her to get in her house because opposite a house is just a load of trees mm. it's a really really safe cul-de-sac in a, until it's not uh, yeah we obviously going to cover so many true crime cases oh yeah you know the reason we're starting this mm. is because i said to you i'm so into true crime i really want to start talking about the cases that i find interesting and delve yeah. deeper into them and part of that is the amount of times i hear like it was a safe neighborhood no one locked their doors and i'm by no means belittling that i didn't mean my tone to come across like that no but i always think yeah, it was safe neighborhood. They, no one locked their doors, but they fucking should have. Thank you for listening. We've been True Crime Coven. If you've got any stories you'd like to show, any cases you think we should cover, um, please email us at truecrimecovenpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at truecrimecovenpod. Or you can find us on Twitter at truecrimecoven. And that's all, guys. Stay, Stay spooky. spooky.